Hello and welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. What's up? And this is episode 36. We're yeah. 36 years old. I We're am 36 old. years old. You're actually 36 years old. We're really crawling through our 30s. How do you feel, Freddie, now that the podcast has matched your real age? Uh, I feel great. It feels like an accomplishment. I'm very excited for it to pass my age, pass your age, and just go well beyond our ages. Uh, and we'll find new, um, well, new, you know, sort of numbers references. Yeah, right? I'm really excited to just be like 170 and then talk about what that's like. Yes, 100%. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, we'll have to wait two more episodes for it to be my age. But, you know, we'll get there soon enough. Uh, we got lots of uh, fun WNBA topics mm-hmm. to discuss. Uh, the regular season schedule is out. It is out. Uh, it's exciting. You know, May is far away, but the scheduling gods have blessed us early with the schedule. Freddie, what are the marquee matchups you're looking forward to seeing? Well, let me just say, uh, you know, this is our third year heading or third season we're heading into covering the W. And um, it's just only getting more and more exciting. I feel like it's it just excites my numbers head that there's 40 games. So I just want to get that, you know, like get that out of the way first, because I feel like going up from I think our first season was 32 last year was 36. And now there's 40 games in the regular season schedule. That means more W games, more money for the players. Uh, you know, more TV time. It's just, a, it really is a good sign to me that there's, there's more games. Um, so that just uh, on a very basic level, I'm really, really excited and encouraged by. Um, but yeah, as far as a, as far as like a specific game, there's a, there's a couple angles here. Um, there's some heavy hitter matchups, but I think a game I'm really excited for uh, is Friday, June 9th, uh, the Fever versus the Lynx. Uh, and I think now that we're covering the league more and we know more, it will be exciting to see the uh, number one overall draft pick and the number two overall draft pick go head to head. I think uh-huh. we're going to know the players more than we have in previous years. Um, like, for instance, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who the number two overall draft pick was last year i know number one was ryan howard uh i don't know who number two is so um you know i think like that that alone that's sort of kind of like uh getting into the league more and 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 diving into the nuances is is exciting to me um but you know there's some big heavy hitters matchups that i'm excited for as well it was uh Uh, nelissa smith nelissa smith yes yeah i didn't baylor I didn't watch a lot of Nelissa Smith. Uh, I know Queen Egbo was awesome. Like, I don't know how Nelissa Smith did. Um, uh, you know, or like, wh- who did she get drafted to? Do you, are you looking at it right now? The Fever, that's why. There you go. Yeah, I think, yeah. But, um, and you know what? Maybe that. Honestly, is... the Fever wasn't worth really watching last year either. I mean, they I know won we, five we, games. I've know we've got. We've they gone went, after that yeah. team quite a bit, but it's we're, true. We're, we've gone after them pretty hard. They won five games and lost uh, 31. So, yeah, they weren't, you know, we weren't watching them a lot. But, um, yeah, I have a couple other choices. Uh, 
but um, yeah, is there anything that jumps out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, it's a, it's a little early to look at the marquee matchups, even though I know we're, we're talking about it now, but other people like ESPN and stuff, we're trying to look at their marquee matchups too. And I say it's a little early because there's a massive free agent and it's Brianna Stewart. Yeah. And we actually don't know where she's going to go. Totally. And I think that's going to massively sway how we feel about really the whole season. Um, you know, like, I think like, you know, they're still flagging like, um the mercury in seattle and stuff but without sue bird in the league those matchups just don't mean the same to me anymore um so based on what we know today i'm looking at june 18th the connecticut sun at the los angeles sparks mm -hmm. because i love an old you know i love a coach going to a different team and watching them yep seeing how they they do really curious to see how the sun do without kurt miller and really curious to see how the sparks do with Kurt Miller. And uh, so that based on what we know today is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. I think uh, it, there's a lot of fun kind of coach battles going on. And to your point about uh, your point about Stewie. Um, yeah. This game, you know, Saturday, uh, July 8th storm versus Liberty. Like if, yeah, you know like, I mean? that's yeah, gonna like matter where that, Stewie goes, right? Exactly. Like, like if, if, if Stewie ends up joining the Liberty, then like every game with them against the aces is gonna be like juicy man those games oh, are gonna time. be amazing um so yeah yeah i mean if she joins the liberty i think the liberty is going to be absolutely must watch tv like even if they have a slow start it's going to be interesting if they have a hot start it's going to be interesting i mean shit if they are a middling team that's going to be interesting like yeah. those two being paired together is just going to be a really, really big deal. Um, but yeah, to your point about the, uh, I was just looking at it. The, there's a, there's a lot of kind of fun coaching stuff. So um, Latricia uh, Chamel, who is the assistant coach um, of the Sparks, one of the assistants of the Sparks uh, is, uh, is, is now the head coach for Dallas. Uh, mm -hmm. So that Sparks wings matchup on Saturday, July 22nd. You know, that's interesting. Like, yeah, so there's a lot of kind of like, uh, I think uh, Stephanie White was an assistant and right now she, she's uh, going to be coaching the Sun. So a lot of promotions and sort of like trying to prove yourself style matchups for coaches. But again, to your earlier point, free agency is going to determine a lot of the excitement in regards to players on the court. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense now that we're thinking about coaches, but as the season approaches, we're not going to be like, I'm so excited to see this coach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll revisit this again, like closer to, to May. Um, but exciting to see this so far. Um, you know, in other, uh, oh, sorry, Freddie, you, you're good with that topic. How do we feel? I am. I am. Yeah. Okay, great. I got my um, main thing out, which was, I was jacked about the, uh, about the oh, draft 40 games <laughs> okay yeah 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 fair <laughs> um let's move on and talk about kelsey plum uh kelsey plum uh appeared on a on a radio show podcast uh earlier in the week and kind of made a bit of headway talking about um the the pay inequities and she basically talked about how WNBA players are not asking for equal pay they're asking for equal revenue shared and i thought it was really 
interesting and really great that she was bringing light to that issue um aside from the fact that it's a very important issue i also feel like it's often misunderstood and so i'm glad that she spoke about it in that context um you know we tried to do a bit of a a, a deeper dive on this issue so i was doing some research and according to this website called wsn.com not 100% sure what that website is. They had a lot of facts. They had a lot of sure. facts. And basically, um, in the NBA, uh, it's they get 53% of the league revenue shared. And in the WNBA, uh, I don't have the exact percentage, but it's about an 80 to 20 split in favor of the league. So wow. you're looking at around 20% versus 50%. So that's really what she's referring to in terms of, of revenue shared. I mean, and we were talking about this um, before we started recording, because the flip side to that is, is the WNBA profitable? And, you know, there's, there's stuff out there that says, um, you know, the league makes about 60 million a year, but costs 70 million to mm -hmm. run. So allegedly the league is at a deficit, which would make it harder to have revenue shared if you're running at a deficit. But Freddie and I were talking uh, before we started recording and uh, Freddie wasn't sure how, how true those numbers really are. I don't know if you want to elaborate from there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put on the tinfoil hat for a bit. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think really, uh, obviously I'm not uh, an economist, but no, um, neither of us are. I do think that, you know, there's sort of sometimes like uh, I, I feel like hard numbers are presented such as is 60 and 70. And I think although that can be true, um, there can be like other ways to calculate it. Like, is that yeah, I mean, like, is that the hard financial facts of the league? Um, you know, where do uh, you know, escalating TV contracts come in? How is like, you know, the rise in viewership? Uh, calculated um, you know I think new owners coming into the league is something we've talked a lot about as well bringing new money um, you know wanting to do chartered flights not being allowed to um, that you know the prioritization rule is is a is a factor in all of this I I, I don't know I just think that in in the spirit of sort of uh, not the spirit but uh, in, in the, the leverage game that is bargaining the league wants to say like, Hey, here's the hard numbers. Sorry, we can't, we can't make things better for you. And I think it's kind of the player's job to players jobs to say, you know, we don't, it's, you know, we think that it's not, it's more fluid than that. And we should be getting more money via different ways, as opposed to sort of like the exact kind of like, um, black and white metrics you present like even like you know we've talked about it before but like kathy engelbert has said like you know like hey this is the bargaining agreement you negotiated we can't change that till 2025 the only way to make more money is by expanding and doing more games and i think there's you know people have been sort of upset with that and said like you know that's not the only way you're presenting it as this sort of like basic dialogue but really i think yeah, there's, there's a, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not an economist, but like inflation and there's a lot of different factors that determine 
how much money something is making investors, you know? So yeah, it's hard to say what, what is, um, what is a hard truth and what is a soft truth and who that benefits. Right. Well, I think you brought up a lot of great points there, um, especially when it comes to the TV rights and and revenue off of that, because that number of 60 million in revenue, um, based on what I've been able to read, um, and I've Googled more than one article, just FYI. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. On, yeah. But just just so people listening know. And also to the listener, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's to the listener. Sorry, that was not to you, Freddie. <laughs> Imagine, like, you only Googled one article. No, no, no. But based on the research we have done, like, that number is not broken down. So we don't know, like, to what degree yes. that is a percentage of uh, TV ratings revenue, um, arena revenue, you know, except league pass, like, et cetera, et cetera. Merchandise, like, we don't know how any of that's broken down. I think one thing we could say um, with a bit more certainty is that their current CBA is just not great. Yes. And I think it was being negotiated around, if I'm, if I'm correct, I believe it was negotiated around the pandemic. It was, yeah, 2020. Yeah, so it was during a very risk adverse time. And I think that factored into a lot of the players really not getting their way when it comes to you know profits revenue shared or um um the um the prioritization stuff you know there's a lot there and i think this 2025 negotiation is going to be um somewhat heated frankly like i think i feel like it's boiling it's boiling up a bit you know between those things the chartered flights you know you you listed them all freddie and i think um you know, I, I actually think it's good that the players talk about it. I think it's really good mm-hmm. that Kelsey Plum talked about that because I think it was really demystifying, um, you know, problematic things that people believe around this topic. Um, I wish, you know, there was an opportunity to dive deeper into this um, with someone like Kelsey or any of the players. Um, but it was nice that she said it and that she, you know, was on a show that kind of gave her the space to just go there because you know people don't like talking about money it makes them uncomfortable but i think it's really valuable to talk about money pun intended (laughs) but it is and so you know we wanted to talk about it as well and we wanted to get a deeper understanding of uh what it means to have profits revenue shared um the nba has 53 percent the WNBA has around 20 percent and so I think fighting for that is is really worthwhile. And even if the league isn't actually and technically profitable, I think what would be valuable is to just have it in writing because when it does become profitable, because we know they're growing, we know the ratings are higher than ever. Right. We know they're on an upward trajectory. So it's like you want it in writing for when it happens, if it isn't actually happening. Yeah. A bunch of good points there. And I think, you know, we've talked about the CBA before, but even the fact that the CBA is the negotiation um, is five years apart, doesn't really reflect how fast things can change. 
So you, you know, you come to an agreement in 2020 and the next time you get to change that agreement is 2025. Well, who's going to profit from that? Not the players. Uh Um, And, you know, I think we're seeing some of those, those kind of like, you know, growing edges. Right. And um, there's a couple of quotes from, from, from Kelsey, I feel like are, are sort of, you know, they're kind of poking, you know, poking holes in, in, in the cheese, uh, I don't know if that's an expression, but poking um, holes in the cheese, poking holes. Did I just make that up? That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, of porous cheese. But um, yeah, so like a couple of things she said made me think. Right. So, uh, you know, she says in the NBA, they have uh, percentages of revenue shared for the players. So jersey sales, obviously their TV contracts. Um, but that's because of their that's because their CBA negotiates where their owner where the owners are making certain types of money the players get that as well in the MB, in the WNBA that's not the case uh, and then she says later on um, i don't think i should get the uh, paid as a, the same as lebron but the percentage of revenue like for example they sell my jersey in in mandela bay i don't get a dime so that's the stuff we're talking about so there's sort of like, you know, yeah, there's the hard facts of like, okay, 60 million, 70 million, here's the TV contracts. And it's like, okay, but then there's all these other sources of revenue, right? And I feel like the WNBA is, they've half acknowledged that by, you know, trying to push forward this other, you know, we were talking about the, the other league, they're kind of endorsing a lot during, you know, to keep players from going overseas, right? So they're kind of acknowledging that they need to find ways to, get the actual the, the players you know more money um and you know i don't see them doing the same for owners or maybe that's just behind closed doors i'm putting on a whole nother tinfoil hat for that yeah i mean who knows about that side of it but i think um what would be good is um just more transparency you know yeah what I mean? for sure like it would just be nice and i and you know it's weird because it's like on one hand it's like maybe the WNBA doesn't owe us that level of transparency but i think it would actually be good for the league if they did unless right because i just feel like it would just create a better understanding of what's happening and you can have less trolls being able to say certain things about the league when they've dispelled those rumors entirely rumors around profitability and things like that yeah totally because like you know when you look up like you know how much does does the WNBA make like the top five searches are is the WNBA going under does does the nba help the WNBA? they're all sort of had this kind of derogatory tone Uh um and i feel like you know just yeah to sort of like add on to your point more transparency would help even you know as the WNBA sells itself you know, partially on like virtue and kind of like equality. Right. I think fans are almost, you know, it's like we're more likely to support something and give our money to something when we know that, you know, the players and, and the players are getting it and, and it's, we're contributing to growth. It almost feels like, why am I contributing to something that is like not being run properly? You know? Well, yeah. And I think also too, what would be interesting is that like, um again we're not economists but usually when a business has so much growth like they've talked about in terms of like their ratings and things like that usually when you have that level of growth you also have like a trajectory 
of like yes when do we plan on being profitable like maybe even if we're not profitable today we have a trajectory to be profitable by this year based on our current growth yeah and i think like you know again this is sort of going a bit more into the team direction but uh, i'll drop a, a coin in in the nba bucket but um of the 30 nba teams the difference between you know, the, the top earning team and the bottom earning team are gigantic. Yeah. So when we talk about what is the WNBA at large making, it gets complicated because, you know, different, there's different owners, there's different, you know, uh, market sizes, there's different TV deals, you know, what all of these, you know, all the 12 teams are not created equally or managed the same. Right. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, I think that kind of convolutes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, shout out to Kelsey Plum for doing a really uh, engaging interview. Get it, Kelsey. <laughs> um, okay, this is a bit of a, a, a fluff topic, but um, Shaq was on uh, some loser radio show. We're just going to call them that. Yes. And, uh, a, yeah. and they asked him if, like, you know, who in the WNBA could beat him one on one, and he was like, nobody, nobody, blah 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 blah. And uh, you know, some you know different news affiliates took that and ran with it. And uh, this is okay. This is stupid on on several levels, Freddie. I'm going to break down some of the reasons why this is stupid, and then you can feel free to add if there, if you think of more stupid reasons. Please, I love this already. Um, you know athletes are um very confident some are cocky some are full-on narcissists mm -hmm. no <laughs> one is going to say x player could beat me one-on-one -on -one. that's just yeah. not a thing athletes say number one number two pretty confident check is a narcissist mm -hmm. <laughs> No, number three uh no one on planet earth could have beat Shaq in his prime one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, if you ever watched Shaq in his prime uh number four i think uh almost anyone in the WNBA today could beat Shaq one-on-one -on -one because he doesn't appear to be that level of in shape and number six uh would really love to see Candace Parker throw him into a Christmas tree Yes. Um, okay. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, and I'm very glad you ended with Candace Parker putting him into a Christmas tree. That's what we need. Um, that would, that would be absolutely lovely. Uh, you know, and yeah, players sort of think that they're, you know, no one can beat them. Right. You always have these, like it happens in all sports, but like, you know, the old heads, right. The people who aren't playing anymore, who are like the game is soft if i played like you know how many times have we heard michael jordan say things like if i played in the nba i'd average like 60 points a game right now and it's like right. great great that's cool that you think that um but yeah you know i think i think what what, what sort of bothers me about you know yeah we we agree this is like a trash whatever this is uh that shack was on uh it's kind of you know trashy and I, th I think what bothers me the most is sort of like it's it's kind of this like sexist like setup in the first place. So it's sort of you're asking someone like, for, first of all, can we get away from comparing the NBA 
to the WNBA, like comparing. Yeah, that's players. number seven. Let's like, stop comparing them. Like, so you know what I mean? Can we enjoy them as separate things, or does it have to be? Do we have to only understand the WNBA through the lens of the NBA? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we are both NBA fans first, and you know what I'm more so talking about is like, can you appreciate uh, Kelsey Plum uh, without comparing her to Dwayne Wade? Like, or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can you appreciate Ryan Howard without comparing her to whatever? Um, you know, Kyle Lowry. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, why, why is it this caveat that we have to be like, you know, un, we have to say like, oh, the WNBA is 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 great, but the NBA is is better. It's like I, I don't understand. It's sort of like an unnecessary competition. With that said. I told you I was going to give you a bit of a cheeky answer. Here's my cheeky answer. So okay. uh, I uh, obviously would probably be a starstruck by Shaq B perhaps a little bit afraid uh, C not have the in the moment guile to do this. Um, but if I could like transplant myself there for like a follow-up, I would say, okay, right. So you would beat any WNBA player in a one-on-one. -on -one. Awesome. Okay. Now Shaq, do you think you could go through uh, uh, a pregnancy, rehab yourself, <laughs> and then beat Candace Parker one-on-one? -on -one? You notoriously don't have throughout your – I love Shaq. I literally wrote an autobiography on Shaq when I was in grade seven. Okay? Aww. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and but, but it's sort of like he has a – he had a long history of like not coming into training camp like – fully fit or whatever which is his yeah, own problematic yeah. lens but it's like but it's like okay do you think you could literally bear a child and then work yourself back up to nba speed uh you know what i mean i'm not even saying and then that he yet. would answer only on company time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like you know he'd be, like, he'd be like if we have a better bargaining agreement you know um but like i uh, yeah i don't know it's a little bit that that lens is is problematic but I would love to see him against uh, Ryan Howard because I think Ryan Howard could space him out. Okay, well, you you and... jumped to the question here because I oh, was going to ask My bad. if if you could pick someone to beat Shaq one on one, who would it be? Yeah, so mine's Ryan Howard just because I think uh, uh, she would space Shaq out. And listen, Shaq, you're huge. You'd try and post Ryan Howard, but you know you'd miss a couple shots. Uh, well, and she would, would just be faster. She'd be so much faster, and he wouldn't be able to cover her in space, and she'd just drain shots on him. Yeah, I mean, my pick is Asia Wilson because why not? Let's just put yeah. the best on him, just yeah. to just to really like crush him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. it's not just about beating him; it's about destroying him. That's right. And then speaking of Kelsey Plum, I just want her on the sidelines just to trash talk the shit out of him the whole. It would be great. Because I think she's probably one of the best trash talkers in the league. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Let's move on. Take that. Uh, so there was a, an article on WNBA.com doing a deep dive on uh, uh, she's on Notre Dame. Is that right? Do I have that right? Um, yes, I believe. No, she's on Maryland. Maryland. Sorry. And then she Sorry. beat Notre Dame. Yes. Uh, this is Diamond Miller. And uh, we want to get to know people who we are hoping to see uh, in this year's draft, maybe at the top of her class, uh, if she elects to be a part of it. Uh, but she had a game where she had 31 points, 12 rebounds, 
five assists in a combination. Uh, it says it for a com combining for five total steals and blocks. So really just her imprint is all over the court and she's absolutely killing it right now. So shout out to Diamond Miller. We wanted to do that. And shout out to uh, Mark Schneider for writing this awesome um, article about her. Yes, I believe it's Mark Schindler. Oh, thank Sorry, you. Just gotta. Um, no, thank. I appreciate that. No, because I I, I I I thought Schneider as well, and then I was like looking for what date it what, when this was put out, and yeah, it's a Schindler. But um, yeah, this article is amazing. Um, big big shout out to him. Uh, it's really well put together, and uh, my, some of my favorite basketball articles you know, they'll talk about things and then they'll put the clip to show you exactly what they're talking about. So there's a play lay sort of near the bottom of the article where, um, yeah, it's against uh, uh, who, yeah, she's playing against Notre Dame and uh, it talks about how her teammates like set up the, the elevator doors. And for anyone that doesn't know the elevator doors, it's sort of uh, like, it is what you would think from the, you know, the, the description of elevator doors, two players start far apart. And then they, as the, the player who's trying to get open runs through them, the two people on their team come together. They bring their shoulders together. So the player following the defender following in this case, diamond Miller can't go through the elevators, right? So the elevator doors close, she's open. She gets the ball. She makes a play. And, you know, it's just a really good moment where, yeah, she's clearly, you know, deserves that attention uh, and is very, yeah, she's a very multifaceted player. So I, I think this article does a good job of showing her shot selection, her dribbling, her, you know, kind of like takeover ability. Um, I guess, you know, if there's any sort of downside to Miller's game, it doesn't she seem like she's like, a, you know, an ace in the hole from three. It seems like I think she's shooting 25% or something, which is, isn't like, mm -hmm. you know. She's not really a three-point shooter yet, but um, yeah, uh, she seems like a really, really dynamic player. And um, yeah, this article was awesome. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, okay, it is time for Freddie's fun question. Freddie's fun question. Here we go. Um, so uh, I was just sort of simply thinking if if me or you, Catherine, could. Uh, you know, if it was our job to do a, a social media Insta takeover, uh, what would we do? What are our ideas? Um, I can go first if you like. Yeah, go first. Okay, mine is. Uh, I think I I think I've seen other leagues do this. Um, so I'm sort of stealing from them a little bit, but uh, as a way to generate excitement, I think you could really do this like shortly after the season as well. You do one for the regular season, one for the playoffs, but do like a highlight bracket. So you pick whatever, like 32 of the league's most exciting moments and you put them together. Oh, like a tournament, like a highlight yeah. tournament. Yeah. Where people vote That's on it uh, and you know, yeah. Buzzer beaters and big crossovers and, um, and yeah, there's other things you could do where it's sort of like, um, you know, best game, right? So it's like maybe you take one of uh, Sabrina's incredible triple doubles uh, or, you know, whatever, a a one of Asia Wilson's big games and you put those games together uh, and you sort of like who had the better game here 
um, and kind of break it down just as a, like a fun, yeah, fun visual thing. Like just, just a highlight factory type of, type of deal. I love that idea. And I think like each day it could like progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You based know. on like votes and. Yeah. That yeah. That's really fun. Um, my idea was to just do like different themes on different days. So like Monday could be like a player profile day. And then like Tuesday could be like a, I wish I had better names for this, but like, like a pass it up Tuesday. And then it's like highlights of like assists. And then you have like a casual Friday where we see like all the fits and stuff like that. Cause oh, it yeah. feels like kind of random fun. when we see like, Oh, here's just a bunch of fun outfits that players wore. Uh, or here's like how great, you know, Chelsea gray is. And it's like, kind of i don't know it just feels a little random to me and i think it'd be fun if it was like because the because the off season is just so long that i think if they themed it like that it would make it would be fun because then you could like you know you look forward to fridays or you look forward to like you know whatever you're into and then and then also just more like i don't know i'm not on tiktok so i don't know how many WNBA stars are on tiktok but just like mm -hmm. more aggregating of like that kind of stuff you know what I mean? Because I think it helps, you know, any of the players that are going for the, the influencer game. Yes. You know, so it's just more aggregating from the from the players as well, I think would be fun. I love it. Yeah. You know, because I, I like both our ideas. They're they're both great. And it, it made me think of, um, you know, a friend of ours, uh, an, an incredible basketball writer, Katie Heindel, mm -hmm. uh, does a thing like, you know, off, like she does her like off season watch for the NBA. So that, that right. could also be fun for the W as well. Like where, where are the players? Like it's sort of like a oh, vacation. Oh yeah. Watch yeah. Like, vacation you know I mean? watch. Because we like to see people out of context too. Or like, what are they doing? I think what maybe is a bit different about the W. Vacation, like, vacation watch Wednesdays. Okay. This is huge. Bring it all in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know what like mine would be like bracket or like to turn up tournament Thursdays, uh, vacation watch Wednesdays. Fun Fit Fridays. Spoil, yeah. Spoil Yourself Saturdays. Yes. Um, the Sabbath Sundays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just players going to church. Yeah. Uh, mundane Mondays. Uh, you can just have people. Uh, okay. Doing, Maybe doing... something better than mundane Mondays. but <laughs> Manic Mondays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And so on. Um, um, yeah. I think that would be fun. Because. Yeah, because we noticed like a bit of a let us know if you've noticed this too. But we both looked at the WNBA Instagram page today. And when you go on their page, it looks like they haven't posted anything since mid September. Yeah. But then yeah. when I scroll through my feed, there's so many posts from that account. So I don't know what's going on. I, f I assume it's just a bit of a glitch. But let me know if you notice it too. Because it because Freddie and I both checked on our on our phones and it was the same thing. Uh, this morning on uh, on Wednesday, December seventh. That's when we're recording. So we'll see if that if if that uh, persists or not. But it was just weird that uh, that happened this morning. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know if it's like a if it's a our computers need to be up. Our phones need to be updated type thing. Maybe it's an algorithm issue. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to get to the bottom of this, you know. And also, uh, if you're the W. You know, we have some pretty good ideas. Maybe hire us for the gram. Uh, I think we Ooh, could really, yeah. we could really drum some stuff up. So yeah, you know, we don't have to do mundane Mondays, but you know, 
Uh, we can yeah, pivot that, in certain areas. Yeah, that think. one's just for us. That one's just for us. It's just, it's just, be, it's just the players with like uh, mm-hmm. lethargic body language. Yeah, it's just the players it's at just museums. Players tired. It's just photos of everyone tired. Okay, we got Kalea Copper at the library. Um, <laughs> looks like she's checking out a book. I mean, I meant on the court, but the library oh, is also yeah, hilarious. yeah. Okay, fair enough. I yeah. meant tired on the court. Play. I'm going abstract here, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, Freddie, that's been our episode. Um. Just want to say, uh, shout out to Brittany Griner. Uh, hashtag free Brittany Griner. Um, we, you know, there just wasn't a real update this week. Um, uh, we've seen articles that people continue to verify that. Uh, that conversations negotiations are happening but we don't have a an update beyond that so um yeah we haven't forgotten about her she remains in our hearts and minds and uh yeah thank you all again for tuning into this week's episode uh you can follow us at the pickup wmba pod on all your social medias and uh thanks again and we'll we'll catch you next time thanks everybody bye